Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford, come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcast. But also as well, of course, inside sports fantasy football, go ahead and get the latest news and tidbits and advice from all of us. The Lakers Fast Break, and of course, my good friend, Chris Sardieri from the Domination Sports Nation, we all come together to go ahead and share our thoughts on NFL Week 8, so go ahead and hear them out at Inside Sports Fantasy Football. You know Joe Soro has a great company you need to support today, and that's Simblades. Simblades with a Y.com. Plus, he has a double life. He leads a double life as Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. Of course, our good friends, Jamie Sweet, a.k.a. Yami Swoot, and a Laker Tom. The Lakerholics, who will be on the air tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Go ahead and check them out every day at Lakerholics.com. Plus, give a big shout-out to Empire Jeff TV. He had a stream on earlier this evening, so go ahead and give that a check. Plus, also, Lakers in 5 and the John McAlean channel. Speaking of YouTube channels you need to check out, go ahead and make sure you've got this one subscribed to. Because if you do, or you like the Facebook page, you will go ahead and get the latest notifications on when we go live with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. What's up, Search and Destroy? What's up, Intel Wild? Daniel Barry Sports Highlights. Great to have you here on a Friday night. Thought we'd go ahead and check in with you. The first couple games for each team have already come and gone by. So we thought we'd make some very early NBA observations. Also want to update you on what's going on with Jared Vanderbilt. A little bit concerning there. He has now been put off for another two weeks to be evaluated at that time because of his bursitis in his heel. Just not a good sign. This could be a pesky little injury that bothers him for the rest of the season. Let's hope that's not the case, but we'll see in two weeks how he is. But be that as it may, the Lakers are 1-1 one one heading into a Sunday Evening tilt against the Sacramento Kings, who just lost to the Golden State Warriors. And here today, a couple of guys who checked out the game, which you could have followed along with on playback, 
playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. First up, first up is a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check him out in his double life as last 1947 at Lakersball.com. It is Joe Sorrow and Joe, uh, great to have you here. Uh, some observations you have in the first few games of the season, the first two games to be exact. Let me know your thoughts in regards to maybe the, the Lakers that you have or some of the NBA goings on at this point in time. Uh, Sean and I spent, what, six hours together today, Sean, watching the Celtics play and, and, and win their game. And then, of course, Golden State going into Sacramento and beating Sacramento. Uh, things seem to be playing out almost exactly how they played out last year. Boston's winning their games. Denver's winning their games. I think they won their game by four in Memphis. Uh, not definitive, that's for sure. Memphis is now 0-2. Uh, I, I picked Memphis as the surprise team that uh, would would not make the playoffs uh, because I'm sensing some things. And this is me saying that getting Marcus Smart was a was a smart move. But there's something weird going on over there. I don't know what it is. I haven't heard anything. It's just a feeling I have. I don't know what it is. Something weird is going on in Memphis. I think something's going to come out shortly about it. But, uh, I mean, Sean, it was a three-point fest, just like every other damn game. Boring. The crowd in Boston was very loud, though. I'll give them that. But, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying... The NBA season, obviously, we got the Lakers playing. We got stuff to do. We're talking about the Lakers, and these games matter. So, from that respect, I'm excited, and I, I'd like to see the Lakers get something out of this game that happened tonight against Golden State, and understand that that Sacramento can't play defense, and De'Aaron Fox is their only Fox. So. I would love for them to go into Sacramento on Sunday and have a complete game because they haven't had one yet. Get a complete game, get a win there, and I, I strongly believe that uh, they can win in Orlando the next or play Orlando in LA the next the next night, and win that, and start the season three and one. Even though you've been kind of discombobulated a little bit, and that's kind of how I'm looking at the NBA season so far here in the first few days. One thing I want to ask you, though, are you concerned with the latest news on Jared Vanderbilt that it could be a situation where this could be ongoing for the rest of the season? Well, I've had a small bursitis on my Achilles heel from shoes. And I don't know what kind of bursitis he has. It sounds like it's something pretty significant. Uh, I don't know if they can drain it. I don't know. I never, you know, mine would always just go away. It usually would, would happen when I wore dress shoes. I used to wear a suit every day for almost six years. So, uh, you know, those those shoes tend to do, you know, rub a certain way and create that kind of issue. That kind of issue. And obviously with basketball being, you know, what it is, uh, it, it, you can see how that becoming, it becomes an issue. Jared Vanderbilt is – I just need to see Jared play for a few weeks and I'll know what he's going to do. That's really all I need to see. If, if he's – if, I want to see if he fails, if it's going to carry throughout the entire game, because that's what we saw happen towards the end of the end of the year last year. And obviously he didn't get really to play that much, or at least as much as we, we, we had hoped he would. We were hoping he would be some kind of a Trevor Ariza for us, but, and he, and he was in certain aspects, but he didn't, he couldn't do it in money time. And 
it would have been nice to have him do that, especially for in Denver, because he can obviously play defense, but his offense was so horrid, not just from three-point line. He couldn't make a layup to save his life. And a man who's 6'9 and can't make a layup or, 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 or make a basket near the rim with just a little bit of resistance is, is, a, is a problem. So I don't know, guys. I don't know what to say about Jared Vanderlee. I got to see him play, and I'm hoping in two weeks he will. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It is some very early NBA observations. And also here, who is there with Joe at playback.tv South Lakers fast break. Good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check him out every time that he's here. He's the madman from Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic to go ahead and stop on by with some early NBA observations. It is the magic man, Sean Grice. And Sean, great to have you here. I think we'll probably get into the Lakers here in a few minutes. I know that Rodell. sent us uh, a little bit more concerns about the way we speak about the Lakers, uh, which we always take in. But again, as the fact that this is a land of free will, we always will go ahead and still share how we share here at the Lakers fast break. All right. I'm going to address this one more time. Okay, here we go. But thank you, Rodell, for watching and and sending in to Lakers fast break. D'Angelo Russell has sucked monkey nuts the first two games (laughs) and if you really need a play-by-play of those monkey nuts i guess i could do it and show you the the footage but you're not gonna you you cannot logically tell me that he's done anything well the first two games okay his job is to make shots and also Make a nice bounce pass or a skip pass when you're on a three-and-one break to the man ahead of him. If he's not confident enough to make that pass, that's a problem. And not only that, he had a play where he had the fast break, got the ball, and guess what? Relented. Let the defense def- the defense get back and set, and then guess what? We didn't get any points out of that. And that, that, that's, that, that cannot happen. We don't have time for that. Going one for seven from three ain't going to work. You understand? You understand now, what that said, means? He said that, you know, he's been trying on defense. Trying. That- you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to drive a NASCAR. How's that going to work? I can go to the track right now in Fontana. How's that going to work if I try? the hell is try me what the hell's try gonna do for you players are still blowing by players still blowing by we need do we don't need try okay i don't give a damn about try you know yoda your boy said that by the way i didn't i'm not the only one that said it do or do not there is no try so we've had enough of this discussion with d'angelo russell he doesn't make shots he's useless and right now, Austin Reeves is getting exploited on defense because of his play during the summer. We yeah, have to figure are. out how to get get that out of – if Austin Reeves doesn't make shots, he's useless too at this point. So make your damn shots. I don't want to hear about he's trying. I don't give a damn about trying. This is a championship or bust team, okay? You know who did? You know who tried and did? LeBron James. He tried and did. And unfortunately, we had to play him 
to try and do because no one else can do. They're too busy trying. Keep your trying. And you you know where you can put it, okay? We're done with active. trying. I want to make sure that the quote is correct. He was active on D. Okay, right. You know, me. Me. go ahead, Sean. I, I'm, I'm, I think I've made my point. <laughs> Sean, go ahead. Gerald, active on D. If, of course. <clears throat> Fair enough. That's that's uh, a subjective observation. I would probably agree with the caveat. The late great John Wooden Gerald, we all know well, could probably repeat a lot of his quotes at Dazium. He said, and I quote, <clears throat> do not mistake activity for productivity. Two separate things. You can be productive and active, but you can't be active and productive. You have to be productive for the active to actually mean something. And unfortunately, Gerald. Yeah, okay. Go ahead. Unfortunately, what? Oh, you had yourself yeah. muted. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, Joe uh, Joe's correct that DLO activity doesn't mean a whole hill of beans at all. So yeah, exactly. I, so I would just say that right now, he's the as far as the the three guard rotation. I would say he's the black sheep right now, Gerald. I don't know if that's the case because all three of them right now, I've seen I've seen players and remember last night Phoenix Suns. Okay, outside of Kevin Durant, we've talked about how they're yeah they built a nice roster with the minimum salaries or or in some cases you know very cost-effective salaries that they have. These are not, you know, higher upper echelon players that they're playing against outside of Kevin Durant last night. And all three are getting blown by on defense. It's not just one. It's not just two. It's all three of the guards cannot keep guards in front of them. And if these are just mediocre NBA guards that are blowing by them, what does that tell you about the Damian Lillard, Steph Curry's, Kyrie Irving's, Luka Doncic of the world that what does that tell you is you know as far as the concerns that you guys might have Sean uh big big Gerald it's going to be a big test for those three on Sunday because you got De'Aaron Fox coming in good point who who is I'm I was just mentioning it in the comments and uh me and um EP went back and forth with uh Maxi and Fox and unfortunately we couldn't get an extended conversation, but hard to disagree with with, uh, with Jeff about the comparisons, who's faster, Maxi or Fox. I will say this, though, Gerald. Uh, Darren Fox has a quickness, that burst, that no other guard in the NBA has. A lot of guards are fast, but nobody can really has his balance of quickness and speed, and it's going to be a test uh, for I, I personally, Gerald, if I were the Lakers, I would put Austin Reeves on De'Aaron Fox. I, I'd, I'd start that way. I'd rather have D'Angelo Russell on Kevin Herter. Herter is more of a shooter, so I, I'd feel more comfortable with D'Lo and his length being 6'5 out there on the perimeter. I could live with Austin Reeves um, trying to contain De'Aaron Fox. It's 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 an unenviable job, but I think uh, with 
AD's improvement thus far throughout this season on roaming. It was a lot better in the fourth quarter. Um, we had seven forced turnovers, Gerald, and only four fouls were given. So the defense improved slightly. But I'm. it's going to be a test on Sunday because as, as much as they struggled today, Gerald, they've shot 91 three-point attempts through two games. They shot 50 against Utah and over 40 tonight. So we're going to see a bombardment of three-point shots. So they're going to test us. Hopefully we're up to the task. Hopefully we are indeed. Uh, but one last thing to interject in regards to the Los Angeles Lakers guards. You know, you still have, again, issues with Vincent. You still have issues, you know, as far as none of those three guys have shot the ball well coming into the season. Now, of course, Vincent's going to be a streaky shooter. That's what he's been all along his entire career, Joe. So when I get it back to you, I don't really have uh, too much of a concern over Vincent. Some good playmaking. Let's try to play a little bit better defense. He's going to be streaky. That's just something we're going to have to live with. But D'Angelo and Austin were 40% shooters last year from behind the arc. Torian Prince guaranteed he would be 40%. Now, mind you, he's had one good game shooting, one bad game. So neither here nor there. This team has to provide some sort of outside threat for this for this team to go ahead and get further along than it did last season. It's not just one guy that needs to do it. There has to be at least three or four people doing it if you want LeBron to last the regular season without an injury. How long is Anthony Davis going to be statistically your leader at three-point shooting? Uh, hopefully one more game and that's it. You so, know, there's, there's – Anthony Davis's job is to put fear in the offense when they get into his domain and be a problem in the paint, in and around the paint on offense. The job of the guards is to make open shots. If you're not going to play stout defense, if you're not going to play good one-on-one uh, -on -one defense, you have to make up for it with the stuff that you're actually paid to do well which is shoot. And Gabe Vincent has not really played well the first two games. And we're, we're giving him a little bit of a break because it's a new team. He was injured. He didn't play a lot uh, in preseason. So you give him a little bit of that. But I don't see any reason why D'Angelo Russell should be missing open shots. Uh, Austin Reeves seems to uh have some issues with some maybe some confidence and and then and, and last year he, he was able to break out of it uh I, i'm gonna take a wild guess that he's probably gonna break out of it at some point here and by the way austin get your haircut please you look like a buffoon uh the other guard play uh like let's say well it's not technically a guard play but let's say torian prince torian prince had a very good first game but it wasn't enough unfortunately mm -hmm. we need more of his teammates doing that than just one guy doing it. We don't, we just, especially with, with, with Anthony Davis kind of coming up a dud in, in the second half against Denver. And that it's the little things guys. We talked about game two and how we shot 17% uh, from three. If the Lakers shoot 31% from three or 30% from three, which means five more uh, three pointers, we are beating the uh, Phoenix Suns by the number that we're supposed to beat them at. It doesn't five five made threes doesn't sound like much in today's game. So that's the difference. Uh, whether they were playing the second tier, third tier, 
a lot of times the the trap games happen during an NBA season. A lot of times we underestimate the opponent and then they come out and surprise us. But what ended up happening was just just like in a lot of these games, like just like today with Boston uh, playing Miami. Uh, Sean, we said it again. We're like, eh, Miami's keeping it close, but you know Boston's gonna gonna you know towards the end they're gonna separate themselves, and that's exactly what they did. Uh, what happened with 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 Phoenix is they came back down to earth. The Lakers separated themselves towards the end of the game, and the Lakers ended up winning. Usually, the best team wins no matter what's going on the first forty minutes of that game. The Lakers have they're going to be playing a team that's essentially going to shoot threes the entire game. They don't know anything else. I mean, there there's ninety percent of the teams out there do that. This one is probably the most abusive of it. So if that's the case, I highly expect you to control the boards. I highly, highly expect you to control the boards. Now, if they're going to shoot 43s and they make 20, you're going to have a problem. If they hit 50% from three, you're going to lose the game. If they shoot 15 out of the 40, it's probably what you want. But when they miss it, you're going to need to get those offensive rebounds. If you give them second chance points in those 25 that they miss – and they end up scoring, let's say, let's say they get 12 of those, which is almost half, and they end up scoring on that. That's 24 points at least that you lose there. Now, now that number becomes a little different. Now you're talking about 45 points from three, 24 from offensive rebounds, and offensive rebound points ruins your mental focus on top of it. A lot of times it's more than just two points or three points. It's like two and a half to three and a half points. Remember I told you guys, and i always remind you, the Shaq dunk was more than two points when he would do it with authority. It, it, it drained your enthusiasm. It was almost like scoring two point, four points. So I just, I'm, I'm hoping the two days off allows the team to understand that we need to break out of this LeBron-heavy set and please make your shot so that LeBron can only play 29 to 30 minutes on Sunday, and then I'm pretty sure he's going to play the same amount of minutes against Orlando, and I think we can beat Orlando with our guys allowing LeBron to not play as many minutes. That better not be a trap game, that's all I say, because they're two and I think this was the trap game. I think they know that the Sacramento Kings are tough, and they they know already on the back end of a back-to-back, that's not really a trap game. That's, that's, that's the mentality of, shoot, it's the second game on a back-to-back we're going to be tired, but we need to play harder. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cool. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. See what happens indeed. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Soro along with the Magic Man, Sean Grice. Thanks so much for watching this thing. Truly appreciate it. Don't forget, you can catch all the games with us at playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. Playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. If you want to hear Joe and Sean uncut, <laughs> there was a lot of cutting of some cheese in there in that episode as well of the last game. Please go ahead and check us out each and every game at playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. It is, for the most part, a hilarious good time. I'm telling you. If you think this show is good, you got to check us out on Playback. But Sean, I go to Laker Tom on Twitter, just, you know, breezing by because I get the notifications and one game by Christian Wood and already Laker Tom is bowing down to the throne of Christian Wood. Already saying that starting lineup needs to be changed and I'm Mm -hmm. sure tomorrow morning, you know, Laker Tom will have a say and you'll hear this again. Already wants them in the starting lineup. And uh, there you go. It's only game two of the season. So, and again, when we make these observations, you know, obviously, yes, it is, you know, two games in the season, but we're already seeing some things. We're already seeing some trends. But your thoughts, my friend, on Laker Tom's latest comments on Christian Wood. Really good game. You know, before we anoint him the defensive stopper, let's go ahead and see this consistently first. And while you're at it, hopefully he can start to learn how to shoot again like he did before as well. Gerald, I thought I was just going to become a shapeshifter just now when you said uh, Christian Wood is a defensive stopper. I thought I might have been in a different uh, perpendicular universe. Because you know Laker Tom is thinking Mm -hmm. that right now. Yes, Uh, I will give him all of his flowers. Christian Wood played as hard a defense I've ever seen him play last night i will give him totally 100 credit on that but let me see him play that throughout the season and then we'll go ahead and start throwing more flowers upon them absolutely gerald because sunday will be a very good test for him he'll be out on the floor with uh dom sabonis javel mcgee uh, uh both of those guys love to attack the rim at will and Watch, that, he'll pick the night off defensively. And, you he know, and probably has. He'll, he'll chuck up six uh, yes, or seven as threes. We're talking about this, Gerald, season yeah. as much as I do. Yeah. Uh, given the personnel on the other side, he's going to have a hard time. 
<laughs> it's concentration. It's just like, That's all it is with him. It's focus. Yeah. And yeah. his focus was on point. Gerald have to we we give flowers out here as much as we give out stench blossoms. Call it like we see it. He played very well as a weak side rebounder. That in and of itself is a plus. And moving forward, if it continues, sure. I could definitely see him getting more minutes. But starting right now, Gerald, absolutely positively. Super califragilistic expialidocious. No. If he was, if he was first in the Lakers at three point shooting, and um, he was, he was like a blister, just completely on fire. I would say okay, I, I could understand uh, the logic there, but not, just not right now, Gerald. It's still too early, and you, you just, I understand what what Laker Tom's thinking down the road, but I think it's just. There's a lot going on right now, and I wouldn't I wouldn't want to put another stack of responsibility and accountability in Darvin Ham's cabinet that Gerald's pretty full, and he has trouble with what's already on his plate. I agree. I just think let's uh, keep it where it's at right now because he's doing well, and when he's doing well, it's just uh, – you know, something that we're going to go ahead and, and continue to see. Joe, I want to ask you, I mean, Christian Wood, great game yesterday. You know, even the fact he could not shoot to save his life, he still provided things in other ways that he rarely has throughout the entirety of his career. He's not been able to all put it all together as of yet with the Lakers, but my goodness, if he does have the folks and attention, you never know what will happen. It could be, or it could lead to a situation where you might think about putting him in the starting lineup, but not now, not yet. I don't understand why the, the we've already discussed this thing with with Christian Wood and uh, players that might serve a purpose depending on who they play. This is a revolving door depending on who you play. And yesterday, the Lakers needed the length that Christian Wood had to distract Kevin Durant. And Darvin Ham's job is to make sure that he sets the right lineups against the specific team he's playing against, especially towards the end of a close game, which is what this was. That's all this was. This hysteria about starting, the, the hard-on that people have about oh, we need to advance this person after a 10-minute juggernaut of a performance. This is the problem with society, and it's not young people. It's not millennials. It's the short attention span people of all ages and all creeds and all nationalities because we live in this instant gratification world. Stop doing it. Think. Focus, understand what you're watching. We get on D'Angelo Russell versus going crazy about Christian Wood because this is not the first time, at least as a Laker, that we've seen this problem. And there is no other way to go. He's not going to be Alex Caruso where you know for sure He's going to play stout defense. You'll you'll take the 5 for 13 shot night if the defense is there. 
or at least some kind of playmaking, i.e. Gabe Vincent. See, Gabe Vincent is the other guy that actually played terribly on offense in terms of shooting, but was able to manifest six assists by making the game easier for his teammates and had zero turnovers. Watch the games, please. Focus on the damn game and understand what we're doing. Because if you understand the game and you understand what, where, and why, you will find yourself less yapping about nonsense and more yapping about actual events that are taking place. It's, it's, not, it's not that difficult. It's, it's as easy as reading, guys, if you watch. And it's important that you watch. And if you're having problems interpreting that, then I don't know what to tell you. I don't think basketball is that difficult to understand. So that's it. It's just I I am excited in terms of the, the season starting and it's Laker basketball. We're able to do a show here where we can talk about legitimate games that matter. We're watching other other teams play. We're seeing pretty much similarities. We're seeing we're seeing teams do what they're probably supposed to be doing. And then as the season goes on, whoever stays healthier, whoever doesn't have drama, you know, that's kind of the, the whole thing that that's what plays out in the end. Um, but the Lakers need to take advantage uh, of the next two games. They got 500 between the two juggernaut West teams. So what? We'll take it. But you got to win Sunday and Monday to give yourself a little space. This is when you start doing that. Win. Try to win three out of every four games every week. And, and at the very least, win two out of four every week. And then you'll see, you'll see that that progression go where it needs to go, and got, and ho- hopefully get a, t- a top four seed. Then you at least can start the the, the playoffs with a, with home court advantage in at least one of the rounds. And I think it, it, with a fresh LeBron and, and an AD that aren't taxed, you guys can then take it up a notch. Those guys, I trust LeBron, and I actually do trust AD in proceeding from there. We've seen it happen, so we can have confidence in that. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. We truly appreciate you joining us. It's Magic Man, Sean Grice, Joe Soro, and myself, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching this thing. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so today. When we go live on the air with the latest Lakers fast break, Sean, I ask you this and uh, hello, Dodgers every day. I appreciate you joining us. Uh, Dodgers everything, you know, just like Joe. Dodgers, everything. Let me ask you this: You know, do you align yourself with Joe and your thinking on Dave Roberts? Just let me know in the comments when you can. The best Lakers chat room that's out there, Lakers fast break, if possible. It would be greatly appreciated because I know Joe Sora always has some good thoughts on Dave Roberts. Let's just wanted to go ahead and ask that and throw that out there. But Magic Man, let's get you back in here, my friend. Uh, getting back to the Lakers a little bit before we hit the NBA. Uh, although I will ask you this. When it comes to what we're seeing with the team so far, poor shooting for the most part from the outside, yet we're still one and one. We're taking less threes. We're making less threes. We're not going to the free throw line as much. And our transition game hasn't been great. Yet we're one and one. Should we be glad that things are like that and still one and one? Uh, I, I am Gerald. I'm, I'm thinking uh, my lucky stars. I'm just yeah. Yeah. I could, because what we're good at has been in the muck 
for the first two regular season games. Strong in transition. That eh, transition hasn't been really strong against Denver or uh, Phoenix. Uh, less than 20 points in each game. The Lakers were six in transition points last year. Uh, however, Gerald, even with that uh, issue and not getting the free throw line as much, they still managed to score 60 points in the paint, Gerald, which is where they need to make their bones. If uh, we're going to have a top 10 offense at some point this year. So I'm with you. I think we're, we're, we should be happy with the one and one start. Um, and just given the fact that uh, kind of, it seems like everything's gumming up the works, whether or not it's the shooting affecting the offensive rebounding, which is affecting, you know, the inability for us to play defense without fouling because we've committed uh, 41 fouls in eight quarters. That's not a good sign. However, no, that's, that's substantially higher than last season. Yeah. When you're, when we're averaging, you know, close to 20 fouls a game, that's not good. Especially when Gerald has mentioned ad nauseum throughout the summer in the first two games, we averaged 17 all game last year. So it, um, things have to pick up a little bit as well, Gerald. Because the Sacramento Kings have gotten the line almost 50 times in two games as well. So they love living by the and dying by the three, and they love living and dying by the free throw line. So it, it's really um, it's kind of a, a polarizing matchup. It's uh, the Lakers and Kings do a lot of the same things well. They just do it differently, except for shooting, obviously. And uh, I... I, I she mentioned something very interesting yesterday. She didn't get a chance to elaborate on it, but we that's why we we have her on to uh, expand. But she had mentioned that Calvin Booth, who's with the Nuggets, had talked about how he is not a fan of and wings that have overlapping skills. This is from that uh, Ringer interview with Kevin O'Connor. Is that not correct? Yes, yeah, correct. So it everybody wants to check it out it's a good good read good listen but uh, then you know it's one of those interviews that you have and like you know a few days later when it comes out it, you know their their assistants and calvin booth are saying on denver yes. oh no no i didn't mean to say it like that i didn't mean to say everything like that i didn't mean to be so i didn't mean to hurt people's feelings yeah exactly Gerald. exactly i uh, just would so, have loved to see joe in that response at this so yeah <laughs> Just just as an aside, uh, a, a team like the Sacramento Kings are playing on Sunday. Uh, three very different guards, very different skill sets. Their skills don't really overlap, other than De'Aaron Fox is a pretty darn good shooter when he's when he's really hot, Gerald. Kevin Herter, born to shoot the basketball. Like Steve Novak, he'll probably be hitting threes in the retirement home when he's 85. Uh <laughs> And then Malik Monk. Uh, Monk is a, a different kind of combo guard. We saw it, Gerald. He could be both grounded, pound, and shoot the ball. So it creates a very interesting dynamic for the Lakers, right, Gerald? Because now Gabe Vincent, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves kind of do similar things. Uh, Gabe's probably the best defender out of the bunch. Uh, Austin's a little uh, probably the best Swiss Army knife. D'Angelo's the best shooter. 
Uh, but everything's got to come together on that Sunday because you, you're going to have to match uh, bullet for bullet with the Kings, and their guard play is very good, very sound. Now, did is it correct me if I'm wrong? Didn't Steve Novak play defense like he was 85? He did. He yes, did. Sure <laughs> he did. He yes. did. God bless him, but Steve could shoot the basketball, Gerald. That he could. That he could indeed. Uh, Joe, before I go ahead and turn it over to you, to you on a question for the NBA, uh, Dodgers everything with the awesome super chat. And thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us. Truly appreciate you dropping the super chat on it. He says, Dave Roberts is a good coach. He just lets analytics get in the way. Let's go Lakers. So your Dave, thoughts on that, my friend, you've been Dave very Roberts. specific on Dave, yeah, Roberts. Dave Roberts is a spineless slug. The Dodgers will never win another championship with him as manager. So Take it for what what it's worth. He is uh, he's a stool with no balls. Nothing can't inspire a a honey badger. Honey badger would just lay there looking at him until you get rid of him and get somebody with some brains with some balls. You ain't getting. You're not gonna see another World Series with that guy. Sorry, there's 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 nothing good about Dave Roberts as a manager. That guy has had. That guy has had. Pitching staffs up the yin-yang. He's not had pitching staffs. He's had 30 home run hitters, four at a time. He's had every piece of freaking advantage and talent and stars that you can have. You've won one World Series. I'm, I'm, I know we got jacked in 17 and we got jacked in 18 by, by Boston. I don't know why they don't get more flack for their cheating ass. But 19, 21, 22, 23 should have produced at least – at least one more, really two, with the talent they had. Want to so, give a want to give yeah. a shout out. Intel Wild agrees along your line, saying that Dave Roberts blows chunks. Let's go Lakers. Uh, appreciate the super chat from Intel one Wild. Playoff win, two hundred and eleven wins, plus one playoff win the last two years. That's not a good manager. That's not a good coach. That's trash. He's trash. Needs to go. He doesn't go. Dodgers will never win a World Series. The reason why we won in 2020, two reasons. Corey Seager had a lot to do with his run. He had an amazing playoff run, was MVP in NLCS, was an MVP in the World Series. But if it wasn't for Mookie Betts' glove against Atlanta twice, two unbelievable defensive catches that would have ended those games. And Mr. Cash in Tampa Bay pulling a Dave Roberts. The irony in that. Kevin Cash taking out a pitcher who was destroying our lineup early because of analytics, and they end up losing, doing what Dave Roberts does. You can blame Friedman. You can blame all. I don't, I don't want to listen to it. When you're, you're the skipper, that's why they call you the skipper, okay? Okay? You're the skipper. You're in charge. I don't see, I've been to the games. I don't see a call that looks like Andrew Friedman going, put this guy in. You're there. You're watching the game. Where are your instincts? Where's your uh, perfect moment where you can make some motivation or something? What do you do? I don't know. Motivation, I guess. Every every every, every Dodger looks like a, a, a pile of trash when the playoffs start. Why? Where's the life? You watch Will Smith try to go at bat. I fall asleep. This is a playoff game. 
So what are you doing there in the in the in the, in the dugout, sitting there? <laughs> That's all I see him do. <laughs> Spitting everywhere. He's got to be looking he, at his analytics. Maybe if you focus more on telling Will Smith to grow a pair, your your on your on base percentage and your slugging percentage keeps doing this every year. What's going on there? Or maybe go talk to the players up above. Maybe do a couple trades to get rid of the deadheads in there. I don't know. That's all I got. That's all I got on that. It's it's a it's a pathetic. And actually, Dodgers everything agrees with you on that aspect too. Yeah. So and Intel, just, of course, agrees. I with appreciate you as well. that, guys. And I watched more baseball last year than you could imagine. I watched at least 130 games. I mean, I watched them from beginning to end. I was invested last year. 111 wins. Urias, you had no. It's it's it, it's not gonna it's not gonna change until that guy's gone. Bring in somebody that actually knows what the hell he's doing when it matters. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. Big shout out to everybody that's been such a great part of our chat. Uh, obviously, Dodgers, everything. Thank you so much for your kind offering of the super chat. Also, as well, Intel Wild also dropping us the super chat as well. Mission 24 Magic Man gave us a big shout out as well. He just worked three 15 hour shifts in a row. It's nice to finally chill with the LFB. Appreciate what you guys do here. Thanks so much, fam. Thank you. Thank you, Mission 24, for the kind offering and the super chat as well. Let me ask you this before we get on to the rest of the NBA for the rest of the show, my friend. When it comes to the Lakers, again, one and one. I think we should be counting our blessings that they're one and one because at, at times it's really not look pretty. But again, it's two games in, Sean. So I don't want to go to oh, too much on the overboard scheme. I know search in the chats, <laughs> you guys are all ready to break up the steam after two games. I'm, I gosh, this time last year we were ready to fire Ham, fire Rob, fire everyone. Blow oh, oh, Gerald, Gerald, we, we were ready 12, to blow up the UCLA we were, we Health were... Center. We were 12 minutes away from this entire chat being bombarded with fire ham, fire ham, fire exactly. ham, fire ham, fire That was ham. every other, yeah, that was every other comment. That, yeah. uh, basically, I think if, if uh, and and Joe, if Joe could do it, he'd have the time, but man's busy, he's got fingers in 12 different pies, we appreciate the time he gives to us, so if me and Gerald went back through all the chats last year, I would bet that anywhere, Gerald, from – and it's going to be a little bit of a bigger number, but I think you might agree with the 10 to 15% of our uh, chats were devoted to Fireham. Pretty much in that in that aspect, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could check it out now, people, if you want. Yeah, go go back and check, people. That's the great thing about we're YouTube. We're not lying can, about this. Yeah. yeah, you can see it on YouTube. So that's the great thing about YouTube. Big shout out to you, and big shout out again to Mission Twenty Four, Intel Wild, and Dodgers. I, I, Gerald, everything for I, their kind I, chats. This this week is is kind of you know every game is important. Every game has a significance. It's one out yeah. of eighty two. It's it's division heavy this week you play the suns you play the kings you play the clippers i want to see us win at least two out of those three gerald hopefully all of them but i'd like to see us win two out of three our division record was so poor gerald if it was even a little bit better just a little bit better the lakers probably don't find themselves 
in seventh place. But they had problems with the Kings. They had problems with the Clippers. They had problems with the Suns. And they had problems with the Warriors. They got the Warriors, uh, I believe, a couple times and the Kings once or twice. But other than that, it was it was rough shot for us in the Pacific Division. So I want to see us match up against the Division foes and get it as good as we got it last year. I mean, it needs to pick up a little bit because, uh, I, and again, five teams from that division all made the playoffs. The Lakers were the last one standing. But they had they had to uh, wait and see who they face. I don't think that the, the same story should play out this year. You gotta win inside your division. I know there's no division banners put up. That's not what we do. But you gotta play well against the teams you're trying to get above. Yeah, we gotta get that albatross off our back when it comes to what we're seeing. Shut up, Joe. Gotta get that albatross off our back when it comes to what we're seeing with the Clippers. So. Uh, yeah, that's definitely – shut up, Joe. But when it comes – you know what? I'm going to do it again. I'm going to shut up, Joe, right now. What's the – I can't hear you. I already, uh, I already, already got it over you there, Yeah, Jerry. all right. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. Shut yeah. up, shut up. So when it comes to your Clippers that you keep talking about, I agree with you, though, that the Lakers have to go ahead and definitively win the series. They are relying heavily on their two aging – much injured superstars. Now everybody throws that line about us. I think the question is with the Clippers so far that I've seen this season, it's a lot about them. They don't have uh, the roster. I think that, that they once had the deterioration in their rotation players is very evident. And I know, even though I was really rooting for uh, Ibiza Zubats, especially after a great first game to see him fall back to earth, unfortunately, I really don't want to have Bill Simmons be right and saying that Zubats and Plumley are the worst centered duo in the league. Uh, but when you have that, Joe, with the Clippers, with the Kings, who are trying to outshoot everyone, where it takes, uh, what, uh, seven three-pointers for Curry in order to go ahead and win the game. And then you also have, as well, you know, what you see with Phoenix and how loaded up they're going to be when they finally get their guys healthy. It's going to be very interesting in the West, uh, in the Pacific division this year. Well, the Kings uh, are obviously going to continue to play the way they played last year. Uh, their defense is not very, well, very good. Uh, Phoenix can play a little bit better defense and Golden State as well, at least better than, than Sacramento. <sighs> The situation with the competition at this point with the Lakers is there's really no team out there that's got both in terms of dominance. There's no team out there that has a dominant offense with a dominant defense. And the Lakers have, in my opinion, the best defensive player when he's on in the league. That's a good start. And then you have length, apparently now with... Christian Wood. I don't think he can play the power game with his size, but he can distract a player like Kevin Durant. And that's in a lot of ways enough. And it was enough yesterday. Um, more than anything, too, is that the Lakers have had issues the first couple games with spacing. They've had issues with making the correct pass. 
their concentration hasn't been very good. They're, the ball is slipping out of their hands. And when a ball is is, is not in control, when, when you constantly see balls <laughs> kind of flittering around because no one can catch it or no one can dribble it the right way, that means typically the players are thinking faster than how than their hands can work because they're worried about making a play. They're worried about getting into a flow. A lot of times that means that the chemistry isn't – the confidence in the chemistry of, of, of guys that you probably haven't played with isn't there yet. And that's the part that I am willing to wait for, obviously, especially for the newer guys. What I won't accept is open shots – being missed six out of seven times from a player, we absolutely need to make those shots because I'm concerned about LeBron James. LeBron James had to play an entire quarter in the fourth quarter, and he had to play both offense and defense for 12 minutes. We can't do that again. We cannot do that again, and because of that, the reason for that is because you're not making your open shots, even despite all this craziness with spacing and not being able to control the ball. It, you you got to have it. You got to have it. That's it. You got to have it. If you don't have it, then you're 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 not really going to benefit this team. We can't have we can't have the Lakers play the way they played in the Denver series. It won't work. Not against Denver. Not against a healthy Porzingis in, in Boston, definitely not in Milwaukee. And that's 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 the bottom line there, guys. It's just we have to figure this out. The, the Lakers have to figure this out probably within the first quarter of the season. And it would be nice because it is a tough schedule to begin with, which adds to the motivation to, to, to really try and Take advantage of the fact that you're fresh right now to win as many games as you can now. That way, when you are a little beat up, your schedule is going to get a little bit better. Your travel is going to be limited. You're not. You're going to be in one time zone for like a month and change. This can be worked to your advantage if you can at least get some of these wins, like on Sunday and Monday, and 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 start stockpiling the the, the, the wins. The Lakers started 0 5 last year. And then they won two games, and then they won, and then they lost five games in a row again. Imagine the difference. You start three and one instead of being 0 and four versus last year. You're already hell, way ahead. Hell, hell, we started 0 and six against the division last year. We we won a we won a division game before November. Now, the statistic that's amazing is the Lakers went to the Western Conference Finals. I don't think this has ever happened. I'd have to look. Modern basketball. <laughs> maybe even before modern basketball, the Lakers were last in their division and they made it to the Western Conference Finals. I don't think that's ever happened before. That's pretty crazy. They were terrible. Last. They were last in their division and they still made it to the Western Conference Finals. The fact that they made it to the playoffs only adds to the the, the, the freaking competitiveness of, of the Pacific Division. It's tough, guys. It is a tough conference and the best division in in sports is the NBA Pacific Division. Every single team in the Pacific made the playoffs last year. 
pretty nuts. One thing I want to ask, though, and Z said it in the chat. Uh, Z keeps talking about the five out, and and let me actually get her quote. Their five out principles are still whack right now, but I think by combining their four out and this five out, they'll eventually learn it. Magic man, they're shooting twenty five percent from beyond the arc. I don't care if you can play six, seven, eight, nine, ten out. It doesn't matter if you can't hit your shots. They're gonna just stay in the key and let you shoot. Doesn't matter if you're five out, four out. That's why the spacing out. is bad. That's why they can't make a bounce pass. That's why they can't handle the ball because they're, they're, there's no room because you're not letting them, you're not forcing them to give you room. Until that gets figured out on a consistent basis, you're going to have to rely on your superstars to play out of this world to win, which is fine. But just not now, not during the regular season, at least half, a little bit half of the time. Create, help those guys by, by spreading that thing out, by making your damn shots. And then, and then you can play that to some degree in the playoffs because everything tightens up in the playoffs anyways. That's it. I mean, Magic Man, have we seen uh, someone hit a corner three for the Lakers yet? A corner three which is statistically supposed to be the easiest of all the threes. Have we seen it? Prince. Prince made two. From the corner, not from the yes. wing. No, from the corner. He, okay, made, from the one, corner. he made one early one. Okay, because he's uh, shooting 57%. The, he yeah. is the actual leader in the clubhouse. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is over okay. AD. I just want to make yeah. sure. because Yeah, like no, he did. He did. He made one from the left corner. And then he made one from the right one in the second but half. You but you see my point when you two. have to, when you have to think about it, that's not good. It's so not, it's not it, good at all. It's not good, Gerald. And we've we've uh, we've seen this before. We we've seen it last year. Uh, Darvin Ham and LeBron really loved that zoom action. So what'll happen is LeBron or Christian Wood or a big will come up and try and attempt to set a screen. D'Lo, Austin Reeves, Gabe Vincent will, will curl around that and you'll try and find a man either in the left wing or the right wing. They call this zoom because you want that player from the wing to get over there as fast as possible. Usually they're running while the ball is a skip pass. They shoot it in rhythm. Nobody's been able to do that except Prince Gerald. They've tried it with Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent is 0 for 4 from, from the corners. They've tried it with LeBron. LeBron has not been shooting well from three. They and even oh, dear God, when Cam Reddish throws it on, oh. When Cam Reddish is in a Zoom action, as me and Gerald have talked about, it's like watching somebody play water polo, not basketball. Exactly. <laughs> it's awful, man. It's so it, ugly. It's bad. It's so bad. It is. So, uh, you know what, in, in order to fix this, I think they need to go back to the well, Gerald, and, and man, just run those simple um, pick-and-roll screens, and LeBron learned his lesson in the fourth quarter, right, Gerald? He did not look for a corner pocket pass. I'm and, going and, to the Alan, hole. I'm going to say, almost say this, whose shot looks worse, Vander Cam? Cams. Stylistically, Cam. Cams. Cams. Cams looks worse. Cams yes. looks worse 
than rookie year Lonzo Ball. I'm going to tell you that right now. Yeah, Vando sometimes can look like it's like a straight line. It looks, it looks like Gerald was saying, it looks bad on the release. But he looks good on defense until hustles, versatile, able ability to switch. We're not giving it, you know, great on the, as far as on the break, very athletic. All that stuff is great. Got a knuckleball for a shot. Absolute knuckleball. 100% 100% Gerald. I think if uh, if we went to the judges, I think the best score you would get on that shot is, you know, like a 3.5. <laughs> the mechanics the are awful. Is, Serge, you're telling me to chill on that, man. I'm telling you, I mean, this is something in AAU magic, man, that, you know, if you see a kid that's like throwing up a knuckleball, get him to change it there and then. Yes. Yes. Th- those shots typically don't go in. Now, ball's they... good now. Ball's a four. Well, before he blew out his knee, he was a 40% three-point shooter. He became a three-point He worked hard and developed his game to go ahead. And now, you know, before he, you know, he had his unfortunate injury, Magic Man, he became a good three-point shooter. He did. He did, Gerald. He did. And there's been... Um... Rare, but there's been cases of guys who've been able to fortify a three-point shot. Jason Kidd couldn't hit a a, a a beach ball into the ocean early in his career. Uh, managed to find a three-point shot. Uh, I'm just I'm not confident that Reddish is in that same category, considering that this is the fifth year that we're seeing that really weird release it's it's, it's like a broken a, shot it is it's it's kind of like watching you know one of those like chad bradford or uh one of those submarine pitchers they just have like this really weird release and it might be effective like analytically but you actually watch it and it looks just choppy, Gerald. I mean, just... Jamal Wilkes is probably the only one that has something anywhere near it Ooh. where it actually was effective to the point where it's something that smooth as silk. Mm-hmm. Jamal mm-hmm. Wilkes. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This... Yeah, no, Cam Reddish can't look. Cam Reddish is not Sean Marion. He's not going to be Marcus All. Uh, those guys were very effective with uh, very uh, awkward shooting mechanics. Kevin and... Martin, good show. Kevin, yeah, there you Martin. go. Yeah, Abs- K- excellent Dante. Yes. Yeah. K- Kmart's de- Kmart was really great at Gerald. He uses wrist a lot. Yeah. Like that that flick. That's what made his release kind of effortless is he was more wrist. Um and yeah, great. That that's a good that's a good point. I would say I, this, I don't but, I, I don't see though it changing, you know. He, I don't that's see I don't gonna... see changing. But the thing is, though, with a guy like Cam Reddish, you know, like as remember Jamie's line from a couple weeks ago, you know, he looks great when he gets out of the takes off the warm ups. He looks like a player. He looks like someone that could really go ahead and, you know, change the world when he gets onto the court. It's a different story. So, again, it's someone who's going to be very limited in his minutes, going to be someone who's going to probably at some times play some pretty good defense for us, probably do some good things in transition. But. Unfortunately, you know, the fact is we were hoping that he can get to the point where he could be at least an average three-point shooter to keep him out there longer, but that's going to be the problem, my friend. And he's always going to be at the mercy of a bad performance, losing a spot in the rotation simply as the fact that he has that those shot issues. But 
these are the guys that, again, when you're on the minimum, that's what you get. They all have some sort of baggage that they have when you have when they sign these minimum deals. So, Joe, I ask you this again. It's only it's and search is ignoring me again because I'm trying to make a big deal. It's two games in, but we got to take a look at these guys and the rotation, Joe, and ask ourselves. These guys can play. A lot of these guys can play well, but somehow they got to just start gelling and maybe better coaching around them to to give them a better platform to do things that will allow them to go ahead and play well together. Because like you said, Joe, five out and four out are not going to help if you don't shoot well. So you got to build an offense around them that better suits their talents. I don't want to mess with the starting lineup yet. I wouldn't either. But uh, let's say if we go 10 games in and we're five and five, which probably wouldn't be good, then you're probably going to just have to go for broke and start putting LeBron at the point and getting D'Lo off the bench and use, because this has worked before, you use uh, Reeves at the two, you'll probably have Torian or if, uh, if Vanderbilt's back in two weeks, you can use him as the three. And then, um, you, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't like changing the starting lineups unless it's absolutely necessary. That would have to be more lineups than anybody else. But but see, that's the problem is continuity when it comes to starting lineup is important. You can go with a different lineup towards the end of the game, depending on the matchups, but starting lineup gives you a rhythm. It gives the bench guys a rhythm. It gives the starters a rhythm. We know now that Darvin Ham wants to play LeBron the first six minutes of the game. So you let him initiate the offense. You let him create let him create the space. Let him have the IQ to create the offense because really you don't have an offense. Darvin Ham doesn't have an offense. It's a LeBron-centric offense. It's like coaching Peyton Manning, okay? Tony Dungy didn't have an offense either. He let Peyton Manning run the offense. Same thing with Caldwell so uh, or even Jim Mora before him. So let's, let's, let's roll with it then. If you're, not gonna, if you're planning on playing LeBron – a limited amount of time, then maybe you might have to run into a situation where you just let him play point guard and let him initiate the offense the first six minutes of the first quarter. And then at that point, uh, get a get a lead before LeBron sits and then maybe sustain it or at least lose a few versus being a deficit going into the second quarter. That's That's probably the next step if this particular starting lineup doesn't work. And it's not going to work if people are making the shots. If they're making their shots, then it'll work. Simple as that. It's not, again, rocket science. It's the NBA of 2024 or 2023, 2024. Uh, You have to make shots. You have to absolutely make shots, and you have to make your three-point shots to the point where you are allowing your offense and your defense to settle into a rhythm and settle into good positioning. I feel like I've said this a few times. You have. Yes, and I'm kind of getting tired of saying it. And I'm getting tired of saying it because no one's listening. Keep telling me, wait. Okay, I'll wait. But we still had two games where guys aren't doing their job. And I'm not even asking them to – I told you guys, I'm not asking them to shoot 40%. Can we shoot 30%? Not 17%? Really? You did all this summer stuff to shoot five three-pointers? Out of 31 shots, and you're asking me, Joe, wait, oh, hey, oh. No, that's unacceptable. Do better. 
You're rounding and, up. You chose just doing the Lakers a favor too. He's actually rounding up. That's less than seventeen percent. <laughs> but yeah, there were. But I think there were seventeen though. Seventeen and a half, I think, yesterday. But their total for two games is twenty-five percent. Just to let everybody know. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Magic Man, the name that's been tossed around in our in our chat room, the best Lakers chat room that's out there is Max Christie. Uh, I understand, you know, it's like when we don't like something, immediately we need to change to something else. I don't think Reddish has been playing bad at all. And let me get, don't let me get the wrong outside of his three pointers. Again, the whole team has been shooting outside of Prince really bad on three pointers, and also Anthony Davis. But Anthony Davis only taken four, thank goodness. But I'm asking this right now. When it comes to Max Christie, why is he not there in the first place? I think a lot of it is due to the confidence that he lost during the course of how he played in the preseason. However good he did, however good he played in summer league, he just did not have it in preseason. I know he's a big support. Rodell's a big supporter, as he's mentioned to us several times in the Lakers fast break at yahoo.com. But the reason why Reddish is playing ahead of, of, Max Christie at this point in time, bigger body, more versatile, and just could really hang with the guards that he's trying to defense against, uh, defend against a little bit better than Max right now. Max may maybe a little bit, you know, he's six six, but he's very slight of build. And if you got to be quick, if you're going to be slight of build, be quick and be able to be able to shoot that three pointer consistently to make up for it. Hundred percent, Gerald. You want to be a great uh, point of attack defender today in the NBA, as Gerald, as Gerald noted, you need two quality characteristics. One, like Gerald said, quickness. You need to be able to get to a, to a certain spot at a certain time and push somebody off their spot. Gerald, yes, a lot, is, a lot can be made of, you know, Kevin Durant was guarded by blah, 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 blah last night. Reddish pushed him off his spots, made it very difficult for KD to get comfortable in rhythm. Yeah, he he had 39 points. He scored over scores. He one of the greatest scorers of all time. Yeah. But you have to make things as uncomfortable as possible. And that's what he did. He tried to knock him off his spots. He tried to beat him to his spots. Didn't always work. But Gerald. Cam Reddish stayed aggressive. No matter how, if KD shot over him, he stayed aggressive. We wouldn't see that from Max Christie. I'll do respect, I'll do respect would, to Max. He, Dur- he would, Durant would bully ball him. He would. He would. And that that could be, as Gerald has said, crushing, crushing defeat to his confidence. And that would be in front of a large group of people as well. So I think that uh, Gerald, as much as they're, uh, they're, um, trying to, they're also trying to develop somebody who's, as you as you stated, very fragile mentally right now. Very fragile mentally. He must feel like when his number is called now, he's he's literally walking on 
eggshells when he goes out there. And I don't want him to have that attitude because his three-point shot has actually improved. He, uh, you know, in the summer league and uh, combination of the preseason, he's up around 37%, Gerald. Uh, bigger issue for Max is his shooting percentage is less than 40%. And so if he's not hitting threes, what else is he doing out there offensively? I mean, at least Reddish, we know, Gerald, we complimented Christian Wood for his weak side rebounding. When Reddish was out there, he was pretty good on the boards as well. I just think it's a combination of what Gerald has said, that Reddish is just a better point of tactic a defender. He's longer than him. He's staying aggressive. He's more um, hard-nosed on the boards. I just think, you know, it, it, Max is going to have to be put in this situation, as Joe has stated. Max looks comfortable when he's playing with the starters rather than um, the bench. Now, obviously, that's obviously a combination of confidence trying to be high being and being ready. And it's also a, a part of maturing as a basketball player. It doesn't matter who you're playing with. You should be able to excel in any lineup. And that's just not the case with Christy Gerald. And it's up to him to figure it out because the coaching staff would be perfectly willing to put, put him in there if he has the confidence and uh, he's willing to stay aggressive. But as Gerald has pointed out, his confidence is kind of like a Fabergé egg. Yeah, when it's on display, it's a beautiful thing, right, Gerald? Yep. But if you drop it, it breaks. Or in the case of what was it, Ocean's Twelve? You know, they just went ahead and they just made a uh, you know three D replica of it. <laughs> not bad, not, not bad, bad, Gerald. That's actually the best of the Ocean movies, by the way. Ocean's Twelve. Uh, I really like that one. You like Eleven more, Joe? Oh, yeah. No, Twelve. Eleven's good. Twelve is better. Twelve is better. I really I like agree it. with Gerald. Eleven is a disappointment. Thirteen is a masterpiece. Pacino got too corny in thirteen. Eleven's good. Twelve's better. Really? He got got two. That's that's too Pacino. And then the response from George Clooney was like, "Yeah, why are you putting George Clooney face to face with Al Pacino?" You shook Sinatra's hand. Yeah, exactly. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. Joe, uh, talking about the rest of the NBA now while we finish up the show here, any interesting teams stick out to you? Because there's a couple or interesting players. What what sticks out to you so far this season from the rest of the NBA? I'm worried about Milwaukee. I know they're in the East, but I'm worried about them being really, really good. I would watch Milwaukee throughout the year. Boston, Porzingis is going to really help them. But I want to see Jalen Brown and Tatum play like $300 million men in, in game seven instead of faltering. That's, that's, they're going to have to prove they can do that before I believe that they will. Milwaukee is going to be a problem. Milwaukee is going to be a problem. And as far as Denver, Denver uh, squeaked the win today against Memphis. But – I, I, I guess I don't have an, a good enough assessment yet of, of from based off of the games that I've seen to justify, oh, my God, we're going to have to, well, you know, it's going to be very tough or we're not going to have a chance, you know, those type of things. We got LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Uh, 
that 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 that's still a formidable duo. And it's an issue, especially if they're if they're healthy. And then at that point, you're going to have to deal with them, especially towards the end of the game. One of the things that has stood out to me so far, Sean, is the play of Chet Holmgren, uh, who's emerging right now as the early leader for Rookie of the Year. I know Miller and Charlotte is, is playing above games. his head. Just early. I said early emerging. leader. <laughs> emerging, yes. Uh, well, great game today. If you got a ch- chance to check it out, I saw some of the, the game footage there. 16 points, 13 rebounds, 7 block shots. Uh, he might be looking more Victor Wembyama right now than Victor Wembyama is right now. I think now. Victor's had amazing two games to start the season. I had struggled oh in that god. first oh my, half. Oh my that god, that that lob, that lob tonight. Yeah, Vassell's at the top of the, the wing there, and Victor's asking for it. He's running towards the rim trail, doesn't see him, so he just sticks out his arm. Just sticks up his arm like this. Grabs 21 points, 12 rebounds, three block shots. Not too shabby at all. Not too shabby. Three steals, too. Uh, still, still cannot find a shot from the outside, but if that comes, my gosh, watch out. As me and Joe were, uh, were doing some uh, channel surfing for uh, NBA, we happened to come across uh, an old familiar Laker who played very well tonight, Joe. Uh, Alex Caruso just happened to hit the game winner for the Chicago Ball. Bulls. Uh, tonight against uh, my hometown Toronto Raptors. Um, Raptors were up 103-101 with about 10 seconds left. Uh, inexplicably, uh, Spicy P went up for a shot, Gerald, in front of Alex Caruso. And Gerald, we know what happens when you when you uh, just have the ball exposed like a loaf of bread in front of Alex Caruso. It's just going to take it from you. Absolutely. I mean, the guy's a steel maker. He yep. used to always be great with the steals. Uh, yep. And, and uh, good on Zach Levine, Gerald. He might have gotten that uh, little bit of uh, selfishness, streakiness that he has in him. But he saw Alex Caruso open in the corner, Gerald. Found him. Alex caught it. Bucket. Talk 2. about 2. it. Well, 2.3 2.3 seconds left. Alex was clutch. Uh, Gerald finished with a game high plus 29, 13 points, 13 rebounds, two assists, two steals, one block. He out rebounded his own teammate, Nikola Vucevic, uh, by one board and less. Yes, he uh, yeah. did, Joe. Yep. Yes, he did, Joe. Uh, Vooch played 40 minutes, Caruso played 32. He's a player of the game. Uh, in other action, Gerald, uh, Memphis is going to desperately need to find out who can close for them. Because in these two games, Gerald, it's not looking good. They have a lot of talent and a lot of wing talent. But the fact of the matter is is that Marcus Smart and Derek Rose are only good for so long, Gerald. You, you can get about 15 minutes out of each of the max of great uh, point guard play, they're going to struggle mightily until Jaw comes back. As well, far the Bulls, as... though, when you when you talk about the Bulls, Sean, I mean they lost, they won by one point, close game on a on a buzzer beater by Alice Caruso after a closed door meeting in Game One over a mediocre team that they had played in Game Two. These are not good signs, and that's just something you want to keep in mind because as we get closer to December and January. 
if it's not looking good in Chicago, a lot of vultures will be circling around the Chicago Bulls. Oh yeah, couple couple of keen minds in our own family are are watching that situation. Daryl, both Joe and Dante want to see the Lakers pilfer the hen house um, for a couple perimeter defenders, maybe. The thing is, though, will that make you mad or will that make you glad that Caruso, if he were to be traded back? Mad that we let him go in the first place. Kind of like mad at Rob Blink. Okay, you trade in the car because you don't think it's what you need. Then you realize it's what you need when you don't have it. And then you have to pay substantially more for it when you get it back. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the kind of, that's the kick in the, kick in the, Got That's admitting right you made a mistake. mistake. Yes, of course. Who cares? Who cares? Some Just... people are petty enough to care, Joe. Mm-hmm. I don't give a crap what people think. Although, if he goes on the trade block, it's a bitter It's going to be a lot of suitors. A Just lot, get lot of suitors. Here. Just get him over here. Don't worry about it. Uh, the Lakers don't have enough to get him, though. I want DeMar DeRozan, too. He had a freaking game tonight. Levine was absolutely horrid the entire game. I'm just had. They were lucky he passed the ball out, and he was probably recognizing that he was stinking. I think his plus minus was like twenty three or something. He was awful. He was awful. That he was made so the, he, made the, he made the assist of the night, though. So, um, I don't, I don't know if Chicago is going to hit the the ground hard like we hope they will, but we'll see. If their feet, if if they're right now, if their feet hit the skids. Looking at a couple of dislocated ankles. A the players issue, the, only meeting after one game. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? Yet all, yet all of the summer, all of training camp, you're together all the time. And what if they didn't win one, tonight? Oh by my one, god! One by one point. It's too early. Something, something's wrong there in Chicago. But I'm going to tell you that right now. When you're already having a players meeting after game one, there's been. Wrong. There's been very little, pretty much no stability at the top of that organization. I hear you. When it Billy, comes to Orlando, Billy, though. Billy Donovan, Fred Hoiberg, uh, the inexplicable high hire of Jim Boylan, Gerald, a college coach who never coached a game in the NBA, uh, was brought into their organization. So, it, it's been a mess, and uh, honestly, I, I don't think people like uh, and basketball fans like Joe and Dante and yourself should at, be surprised at all. I mean, we had we had a great Bulls um, reporter Jordan Hicks on, and Jordan Hicks basically said it, Gerald. The Bulls spent a lot of money and draft capital to acquire Vooch and to get Lonzo. And now they have to pay the piper. Now that things haven't just to worked be mediocre. out, just to be mediocre at best. It was good for fifty games, and that was three years ago, Gerald. It seems like so long ago. Um, I will say though that it's interesting to see how that will play out. We're going to keep our eye on it. You know, just again, if the things go the way that they're going for both the Lakers and the Bulls and the other teams as well. Joe, are you more surprised at the 2-0 start for Orlando or Dallas? Orlando. They played two pretty 
patsy teams in Houston and Portland. Oh, Orlando's a patsy team too. So the fact that they're two and zero means something in their case. I wouldn't mind them being undefeated when the Lakers play them on Monday. That'd be kind of fun to break that. But it's too early, guys. It's eighty-two game season. Yep. There's plenty of crappy teams that start two and zero, and I just have never heard uh, a players only meeting after one game. I don't think the Bulls are going to be that bad as long as there aren't any major injuries. I think they can very easily at least play 500 ball. Uh, so I don't know. And even if they do hit the skids, uh, they're going to be able to get value for a DeRozan, especially since he's an expiring contract or a Caruso. Pat um, Williams too, because they didn't, Pat Williams, they, yeah, they didn't give him extension. I think Levine would be the ideal trade, uh, option because he's got such a long contract somebody would need to the bulls would have to say look demar DeRozan is done after this season so it's not imperative to trade him that you know because he's done right unless you want to get something for him okay i'll buy that caruso caruso doesn't make that much money to really be a problem he's making just under 10 million dollars a year uh same thing with patrick williams uh, Alonzo Ball's got one more year on his contract next year, and then he's got he's off. And then you you know you just brought in Vucevic. I don't see what the reasoning would be to get rid of him. So I think if anyone's going to get traded, if this thing hit the skids in in in, in uh, Chicago, it's probably going to be Zach Levine because he has three years left on his contract. He's making forty three million, almost forty six the following year, and his last player option year, he's going to be making just under forty nine million dollars. So that is the that right there. That player would be the one where they're going to try to get rid of, and you don't have to probably give up too much draft capital or whatever um, uh, trade uh, players that you'd need to put together. Which let's just let's just have some fun with. It. Let's let's be Laker Tom for the next two minutes. God help us all. If they wanted to get rid of Zach Levine and and they wanted to trade him to L.A. Uh, it would work out if for Chicago to give them some first round picks and then give them, let's say, a D'Angelo. Um, who else would we give them? Um, I don't think they'd want Rui's contract because that extends for another couple of years. But we need to find uh, a couple more expiring contracts in our deals to make that happen. I don't know if we have that actually. I have to look. I don't think most of I don't think we do, Joe. No, we don't. So, Gabe's, Gabe's is three, and yeah, Vandos yeah. is four. Yeah. So. so we would be. Unfortunately, it just doesn't look good. It doesn't look good in terms of that situation. Once just again, to, it's the Lakers fast break. Truly, uh, unless they wanted uh, talent too. Okay, yeah. what if they want Austin Reeves? Right, he's making twelve. I don't know. I, I uh, my common sense detector says they 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 can get better deals elsewhere, and there's got to be a team out there that really really needs someone like a DeRozan or a Zach Levine, somebody like Philly. Do you think somebody else? Go ahead, Sean. I'm gonna get you in this. Do you think somebody else will get desperate for Harden outside the Clippers? The Lakers. It's very possible. Man, are you listening to Kendrick Perkins? Dear God. <laughs> Nobody listens to Kendrick Perkins. Gerald, That's what he just his... said today. I know. I know, and I, I responded to Nick the same way I responded on the chat here. Uh, a meme with somebody vomiting. I mean, that that's basically what uh, 
it would come down to a uh, terrible trade. It would it wouldn't work out well for either party because you'd have uh, to give up two players for that's him. Correct. That's correct. And, and he doesn't. And he makes your defense on the backcourt decidedly worse. Decidedly worse. Decided. And, and, and we'd have to stare at him every game, and I don't want to stare at him because his face bothers me. That's the biggest key right there. Yeah, okay. well, it, it's it's that's what I said. That dude had that dude has more things in his beard than John the Baptist. So yeah, I agree with Joe in that case. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you talked about my line. Well, do you know how long you've been waiting to use that? It looks line? like it looks like something that smells like cheese and vegetable oil. <laughs> oh my god. Terrible. What? Oh my gosh. Gerald, uh, we have to be honest here. It looks like he does not bathe. Yeah, that's that's on you guys. I'm not uh I'm not I'm not even gonna go into that. That's that's another person right there. I'm not gonna go ahead and start going off on his bathing habits or his well his hygiene his hygiene his we know his hygiene is not up to par, Gerald. Okay. You, you will li- you will literally wear a fat suit to try and prevent yourself from not being able to play. I could eat four porterhouse steaks and not have the gut that that guy had. Uh, the game the game before he was traded to the Brooklyn Nets. So yeah, we'll we'll stop it there. But uh, I if you want to hear. More about our ramblings on James Harden. Please check out Playback TV on Wednesday because we will have a lot of jokes about James Harden and the Clippers. I'm pretty sure you will. Again, that's playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. Join us on Sunday night, 6 p.m. for Sacramento versus the Lakers. Then on Monday, when the Lakers return home against the Orlando Magic. Don't forget, though, we've got tomorrow in the morning because they want to do it in the morning. That's, of course, Lakerholic Spotlight with Laker Tom and Jamie Sweet. I kind of like the Saturday afternoon thing. I thought that was a really good time. A lot of people were awake and uh, only meandering through college football, but they want to do it in the morning, so they're doing it tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Uh, search Destroy. Gerald does plead the fifth. Uh, I try to plead the fifth, too, when we're on playback. I let these guys go at it on playback.tv. Slash fast break, but... Guys, great episode, an hour and a half. We were able to go ahead and chat about the Lakers and the NBA. Again, it's just two games. Uh, Or as Laker Tom would say, it's just one game, Gerald. It's just one game. But, you know, we've got some early observations. That's why we I even prefaced the show with saying it's very early observations. But, Joe, any last thoughts before we head on out? No. 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 Sean? We're only a Caruso away. <laughs> David or Alex? What's that? What's that uh, meme with the Wolverine looking at a picture, and then the next picture is, <laughs> is uh, Alex Caruso? That's that's us, by the way. <laughs> hey, Sovereign, welcome. Good to have you back. Hopefully, all sovereign. Oh years. my God, I haven't seen him or her in a while. Is it? Is it a male, female? I, I don't know. Yep, so, sovereign. Uh, great to have you back uh, in the chat. We've seen a lot of new faces and a lot of returning faces since the start of the uh, Lakers season. Now the next, Joe. <laughs> okay, fair enough, indeed. 
uh mass effect fan sovereign is so you know as you can tell by me so am i but great to have you here it is of course the lakers fast break we will be back tomorrow morning 10 a.m much to my chagrin i may not be awake for it but somebody will be here that will be i i I will be here i will be here i'll give you permission to fall asleep while those two argue with each other tomorrow I, How about that? I, I would probably love a cat nap when that happens, Gerald. Yes. Uh, they'll probably still be arguing by the time I woke up. That's fine. As long as the audience is entertained, that's all that matters. So. That's there that's the only thing that matters. That's correct. Yeah. Bloodhound, yes, 10 a.m. in the morning. That's what they want to do. I liked, again, I liked the 3 p.m. in the afternoon. I thought that was a great time for everyone involved, including you. But they said they got some things to do, and you know, Tom said, I'll do it then. And Jamie said, oh, I got it, you know, 10 a.m. All right, it is what it is. All right, so you're gonna get Lakerholic Spotlight tomorrow. Joe, there he is, mocking me. There you go. You shook Sinatra's hand. You shook Sinatra's I, hand. I, I didn't, uh, you know, my friend shook Bill Cosby's hand. Did he wash it afterwards? <laughs> I hope so. It was years ago, though. That's probably the time that you may have. Oh, never mind. All right. But it is the Lakers fast break. It's Gerald Glass. I saw it with my own eyes, too. It was right there. It, yeah. Okay. But it's the Lakers fast break. Did you, uh, did you have a Coke in your hand, too, Joe? No, no. no you just... know what? Laker Tom will probably have his 10 a.m. Coke real, you know, all ready to go. To quote, to quote, to quote Richard Coke Pryor in the morning. Bill, Co- Bill Cosby has a problem with your your comedy, Eddie. Tell him to have a smile and a Coke and to. Well, there you go, indeed. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. Darren says, "I will have a Bloody Mary with Laker Tom. Something will be bloody. Maybe it'll be our ears, but we'll find out between Jamie and Laker Tom. Will they be arguing? Who knows? But we'll find out. We'll set it up for you at 10 a.m. tomorrow, Pacific time. But for now, we're hoping everybody has a great Lakers weekend. And for Magic Man, Sean Grice, Joe Soro, it's me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Please like and subscribe. And don't forget to check us out all weekend long right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. 